Hey folks, welcome to the second episode of this podcast. I think the first episode was five or six months ago, and it definitely didn't start and then continue as I had planned. Of course, as you always do, I set out with pretty grand ambitions on how I wanted to create like a weekly show. But then kind of life happened. A lot of things were kind of on my mind that, that had higher priority, to be quite honest. And I also didn't actually work on anything that I was super excited to talk about or uh, that I wanted to share. So for the last, yeah, five, six months, I kind of ignored the podcast. But as luck would have it, I now find myself with more time and like more headspace to work on interesting projects again. And you might know or you might remember uh, remember that one topic that I've always been like super passionate about is this idea of like video games for programmers. I wrote a blog post about this like one and a half, two years ago, where I kind of laid out my motivation or like what I found so interesting about this topic. And it really came down to this intersection of learning, providing the player in this case, like a sandbox where they can freely experiment with with whatever code they want to, while also giving them objectives and creating an engaging and like a motivating feedback loop by, for example, having them go after achievements in the in the world. So it's not a totally like unstructured learning that you might have when you just go out and like start a new side project to build a web app or build a website or for people who want to learn Rust, like it's very common to try to create like a command line application. These are all well and good, but I always found them a little bit taxing these ideas because either I had to come up with a fresh idea that I was passionate about that I really wanted to work on or I was creating kind of more work for myself by creating a new web service that I then had to like host somewhere, which cost money and I had to maintain it. There were like, especially with like JavaScript, like Dependabot was just constantly creating pull requests with like version updates that needed to be reviewed. Like I always found that I was just creating work for myself and I... I enjoyed the first few days where everything was like new and exciting and I was learning stuff at a rapid pace, but I never managed to actually finish the project in the time that it took me to like get through this everything is new and exciting phase. And I was left with a half finished project that didn't actually teach me as much as I wanted to because especially for like web apps, there's so much like, um, how do you call it? There's so many things that you just have to do, whether or not you want them to do. And I always found it a little bit like frustrating and draining. So in my own kind of journey as a software engineer, I, for a lot of different like technologies or languages, I started projects to learn them. And then I got kind of disappointed or not disappointed, but I, I kind of, I left them in an unfinished state because I just learned what I wanted to learn or I didn't want to, like I feel like the equation or like the ratio between learning and simple work 
was not interesting anymore. But that also made me feel bad because I had so many unfinished side projects. And at the same time, I, I love playing video games. I don't do it that much or that often, and I would definitely not consider myself a very good gamer. But I really like playing video games once in a while. And what I always found fascinating is how well certain games have crafted feedback loops that let the player know what they need to improve while also giving them really good feedback on that process. And especially with games that have like scoring systems being like first person shooters or competitive multiplayer games in general, like you have a very, very obvious way to like rank your uh, skill. But there are also a lot of ways how you can improve it. And especially in uh, story-driven games, for example, you oftentimes have like a, a very clear like progression, how you level up your skills and you begin as a beginner who's new to the game with only like a limited set of skills, for example. And then as you progress and as you kind of learn the game mechanics, you're unlocking more advanced skills that might test your abilities more. Um, but through all of that, in, especially in like the good games, you, you never, or I at least, I never really felt lost. There was always like a clear sense of direction. So bringing these two worlds together is something that I, I've always been like super interested in because I feel like what I, especially as a, as a more experienced software engineer, what I want is a sandbox where I can practice programming where i can try out a new language that i'm curious about or where i can implement an algorithm that i always wanted to kind of learn but where i don't have to actually like set my own goals or create a yet another project that i will never finish because the scope of the project is greater than kind of my my learning objective and there are a few games that kind of prove that this is both possible but also fun and one of them is Screeps and it's about scripting creeps so you're essentially writing code that sends your bots around like you have small yeah they call them creeps that you can spawn and that can do tasks for you and you as a player you write code that then runs on the server and when your code gets called, you'll kind of calculate what you want to do in the next turn and then send that as instructions to the game engine. And then it executes your turn with the turns of every other player in the game world as well. And that is actually fairly fun to play and I really enjoyed kind of the experience. And then there are other games that are maybe a little bit more like puzzle games. So Zektronics, for example, built a game that's called TIS-100 where you do something very similar to like assembly programming and it's super fun it's very low level yet it's also accessible enough that you don't actually need to be a programmer per se to play it and these are examples of games that have combined essentially uh, gaming and programming in very kind of original and interesting ways And I want to kind of build on these ideas and build something that ultimately can be a platform for people to yeah learn or practice programming. 
I know from myself as well that like just following online courses is not always like the most successful way for me to learn. And I want to provide people with more tools to achieve their goal of becoming a software developer, essentially. So I'm super motivated to make this happen, both because of like the, the technical challenge to build this. Like it's something I can get super excited about. And I know there will be a lot of opportunities for me to like learn and grow as a software developer myself in this process and in this pro uh, project. And at the same time, I'm also, yeah, how should I say? It's kind of, it's almost like a, a life, like a dream of mine or like a life goal. Maybe a little bit of like calling to help other people become software developers as well. It's something that I, I'm very passionate about and like feel very strongly that it is something that we should just make more accessible and help people do. Not just because we, quite frankly, like need more software developers, but also because I truly believe that it can make a significant difference in the life of, of people and can empower um, people to essentially like have a better life and i really want to kind of contribute to to this to this vision and there are like great organizations and resources that already provide awesome resources for people who want to learn and i'm like very specifically thinking about free code camp here but i do feel that there is kind of a certain order there's room between these online courses and tutorials and uh, platforms that really help you to go from like zero to 10. And then kind of the next step where you want to explore and try out things and like really practice. And I found that, especially if I want to learn a new language and I already, <laughs> I already know so many, that going through a course that tries to teach me for the Giselleans times what a variable or a function is, it's not super motivating for me. So yeah, this is all about where I'm coming from and why I feel so like strongly and passionately that this is a project worth doing. And it's not, I don't want to spend my time building kind of a website to try to sell something to people or yeah, like a new portfolio for myself that just makes me look good. Um, I really want to build something that has or that can have a societal impact, uh, no matter how small it is. So for the last like two weeks, since things calmed down a little bit and I had a little bit more time, I started working on this, this project, which I uh, called Auto Traffic Control in or it is inspired by air traffic control, but it's about automating the air traffic control, thus the name auto, uh, auto traffic control. And this is a project that is built on, <laughs> I want to say like two years of experiments with different languages and different um, programming paradigms and different architectures of game engines and game design and I have done so many things that led nowhere because I hit 
problems essentially both in my approach but also in the capabilities of the tools that i was using also because i was using them just for the wrong thing or i was using them wrong to be quite frank like they're awesome like they're really awesome tools among them but i just it wasn't a right fit for me but over like the last two years i experimented myself to an approach that seems to work quite well and this game is really the culmination of yeah essentially like two years of experimentation and i'm so so happy that it's actually going somewhere that the architecture that i discovered and that worked in an experiment actually seems to work for the actual game as well and that i'm not hitting roadblocks that i don't have the skills to um, essentially remove and part of that is that i just learned more about 2d game development i read an awesome book by herbert let me quickly look wolferson herbert wolferson and the book is called hands on rust with the subtitle effective learning through 2d game development and play and that has been like a great book it didn't really help me become better at rust but i also have to admit like that for me was not the goal but i did learn a lot about 2d game development that i can now apply in this project and for that that has been awesome so that has been really kind of helpful to get me further than than past experiments and then the other um yeah really the other thing that that has enabled us is that i've found an architecture that really works for what i want to do and the challenge has always been that these games for programmers or how i picture it it is in the end a distributed system where you have a simulation running and then there is an api that informs the player about what's happening in the simulation and allows them to send commands to make changes to the state of the game and then you have the player's code who runs in its own process somewhere and communicates with the game through um, essentially like a web or um, an rpc api and figuring out a way how to get these three pieces to work in sync has always been kind of challenging to be quite honest i tried various different approaches and most of them had some serious issues where either i tried to like synchronize state or like provide like synchronous uh, boundaries between the components so for example allow the the player to like call an api to make a change and then i wanted to return the result that the simulation produced so i somehow needed to like create a task but then wait for the simulation to like deliver the result and then everything is running in like multiple threads and potentially in multiple processes and like trying to like stick these synchronous paradigms on top of something that is fundamentally uh, distributed and like multi-threaded and asynchronous has just been impossible or like yeah in hindsight i i shouldn't be surprised that it didn't work and uh kind of the good news here is that i did find an architecture that seems to work much much better that is heavily inspired what uh, by what um event sourcing and uh cqrs are doing and i have to admit that i always have to look up what 
CQRS stands for, and I believe it's Command Query Responsibility Segregation. And it's query or not queue, and somehow I always think the queue stands for queue, but like doesn't matter. Uh, so event sourcing and CQRS provide a really, really nice pattern for essentially a communication in distributed applications. And the event sourcing side is really how the player communicates with the game. So you have a simulation that like constantly produces events about the things that change within it. And those events get streamed to the player. And then the player's code can act on this new information that's coming in. And maybe there are some things in there that you can just ignore because they are not relevant for how you want to write your bot. But at least you're getting these events as they happen in the engine. And then as a player, you can send in, you can send commands to the game. And these commands describe a change that you want to do. So one command that has been implemented already, for example, is a command to update the flight plan of an airplane. And the game spawns airplanes with like a random flight plan. And the airplanes will just like fly around the map following this like random plan. And then you as a player, you can provide an actual plan that like flies the airplane to the airport where it will land and give you a point. And this method works um, pretty nicely where you essentially like you create a new flight plan and then you call this API and the API queues this command. And when the simulation processes its next frame, like when the game kind of does its next loop, it picks up all the commands that have been queued and executes them. And for the flight plan update, for example, it will look at the queue, it will dequeue this command. It will then validate the flight plan and then make a change to the state of the game so that the airplane now has a new flight plan. And when the movement system moves the plane around the map, it will use this new flight plan to do so. But this whole system works across like the multiple or like the yeah multiple threats and the multiple or like the different processes. There's no synchronous connection that needs to be established or the client doesn't have to wait for the game engine to like process this command. And that makes it really flexible, both in terms of development, but then also how these systems are coupled with each other. And I'm really excited about kind of this, the, the possibilities that this architecture provides to build a very kind of interesting and engaging game. And I think this will be a topic for another episode, but I'm also starting to realize that you can build very interesting game mechanics around this architecture where the game, for example, can create a lot of data or it, <laughs> depending on the game, it will naturally create a lot of data about what's happening in the simulation. And this might be interesting, not only for programmers, but maybe also for people who are interested in data analysis or machine learning, because you suddenly have like this sandbox slash generator that just produces data for you. And you can start making decisions based on either the analysis of the data or like the the learning that you want to do um, on it. So I think that that's super interesting and maybe something for maybe not this game, but 
other following games that can kind of explore this paradigm a little bit. So where I'm now-ish is kind of this this place where I, I spent two weeks starting to work on this project and implementing a few of the, like these, a little bit of like the foundation of the project. And after two weeks, there's a there's a prototype now. I officially cut version 0.1.0 today, which is not public, I have to admit, but it, it marks the first like stable prototype that you can actually play theoretically if it were public, but I can play it. And the next goal is to kind of work, keep continue working on this prototype and especially on like the game mechanics to make it a little bit more interesting to play and give it some more like depth or uh, make the world a little bit more dynamic. And kind of my, my internal like timeline for this is to essentially give it like two more weeks to do so. And then towards the end of the month, wrap this up as like an, a very kind of interesting experiment and then make a decision about the next steps where one option is to kind of file this as like a, a fun experiment, archive the repository, and then put my focus on something else. The other option is to keep continue working on this and really try to build it out into a, an actual game, I want to say, something that is published, that is open source maybe, that in any case is like available somewhere. And still time box this so not like not i don't want to make this a project that has no end but let's say for example i'll add like another like three months to work on this and see where yeah what is possible in in this time and certain things won't be implemented like there will not be a multiplayer mode because it's just not feasible in three months but three months might be enough to like add really nice graphics to the game and maybe figure out a way how to like have a nice soundtrack play in the background or these kind of things features that you would expect from a like actual game that you can download somewhere and then i i also kind of still have to figure out how this fits into like the bigger picture and how i want to kind of continue with the stream of video games for programmers if Imagine like that the three months are super fun for me and despite some, yeah, there there will be work in there that I won't necessarily enjoy doing. Um, I'm already a little bit like scared of the marketing that I will have to do to make this an actual game. But imagine that I will actually enjoy this three months and that the game is actually fun. Maybe it, like it will definitely not be the best game and it will probably not even be a very good game but i will learn a lot about game development and game design in the process i will learn more about this like this niche of video games for programmers and the mechanics that work and also like from the the task that the player has or that the player is given in this game does it work doesn't it work is it too broad what is interesting and what is annoying and I kind of I want to take these lessons and and do something with them. And in my mind, I'm right now. I'm really thinking about kind of a future where 
I will work on more than just this one game and each of these games will be a little better than the other and I'll take the lessons that I learn and apply them to like the next project. And that sounds super exciting to me and I would love doing it, but it's also really hard to do this like on the side and in my free time. But then again, like I would, I, I also need to pay bills. So I think as, as any person who was ever interested in individual development right now, I'm like dreaming of creating my own studio that does nothing else than like build these games that are somewhere in the intersection of like education and um, yeah, video games essentially. And I'll help people learn programming or practice programming in a very fun and engaging way. But yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know if that's a realistic dream or not. But I'm kind of curious what I will think about this in like three months time when this game is hopefully released in whatever state it will be then. And I will I will have made a game and I will have learned some lessons. And I think then it's much easier to kind of answer this question of like what's coming next with more data. Both about the challenges of like making games in a in 2022, essentially. But also about like what I want to do myself and how much I enjoy the process. So yeah will be interesting <laughs> lots of interesting stuff uh, is coming up so with that I I will kind of wrap it up here I hope you enjoyed the second episode if you have any questions feel free to reach out to me I'm it's probably easiest to reach me on Twitter where I'm at jdno underscore def and um yeah, I'll let you know once the project is open source uh, so that you can follow it on, on GitHub if you want to. And I might also be streaming some of the development over on Twitch where I'm also at jdno underscore dev. So if you're interested in kind of game development and Rust, then make sure to kind of follow me there and then you'll get a notification whenever I go live. And with that, I'm... Yeah, I'm signing out and hope you have a good week. Take care. Bye-bye.